Yo, y'all, what's up, what's up, what's up? I finally got my girl Nia on here, Nia Fridge. I'm hype because I've been waiting to do this episode for so long. Because I'm like, yo, we got to do an episode about the Roni Renaissance because there's a whole recast, <laughs> rebranding. My girlfriend getting jealous. She's like, all you do is talk to Nia and talk about reality. I'm like, whoa, you have to understand the introvert's <laughs> life to understand that this is the kind of stuff that stimulates our minds, but we still hire intellectuals. Don't get it twisted. Right. We just like to see other people's lives and perspectives to kind of know how to maneuver how people be thinking in the world. It's deeper than right. that. Right. Right. I totally understood that. So introduce yourself. Let people know who you are. So I am Nia Rich. I am a music artist. Uh, and yeah, and I'm definitely into um, the Real Housewives. Okay. I'm, I'm, I've been into it for a few years now. And um, I'm just really excited at this point to be able to talk to you about it, be on this podcast, and really get into it. Because this is, let me tell you, when you understand, if you know, you know. Okay, period. <laughs> period. That's it. If you know, you know. The franchise within itself, y'all be looking at the caddy shit. But if y'all looked at it from the beginning stages, like how it is with me in Jersey, it's like this. Because I was there at the beginning. Really? When you had Danielle on that shit, which is the real fucking villain. Danielle, right. Caroline, Mena, Jackie, all of them. I We like this. I just feel like okay, Jersey... So my, Jersey's your franchise. Jersey, I feel like we distant cousins. Like, I feel like that's my family. <laughs> I feel like that's my dad's side of family someplace. I'm just like, I understand. Y'all don't got as much melanin, but y'all giving the culture, though. Okay, okay. But then I was like, Atlanta came, and I was like, okay, the first ever all-black franchise I was rocking with from the days of, like, Deshaun Snow, Lisa Wu. Now it's done fell off. Mm. But we not here for them. And then I was in Roni in the beginning when Bethany was on there and all the rest of them in Luann. And I was like, oh, this is white fragility. I'm tired of white tears. Please give me something different. Don't want to watch it. Okay. At least with Orange County, it was giving something when it had, like... What's her name? Starts with a G. Um, Gina? No. What's her name? She's one of like the pioneer OG housewives. She was on there with Tamara. Starts with a... Golton. Her last name's Golton. Gavelson or whatever. What is her name? I'm... Um, no, not, not that girl. I'm look, I can see her face because she got a son and a daughter. What is it? It starts with a G. And I'm like, bro, now I got to look it up because I can't just go yeah, through this. I just started getting into Orange County, so I don't think I would know. <sighs> oh, my gosh. I Yo, but she was on. She did a girl's trip. She did a girl's trip? I think oh, she did. And I want to say, like, she's one of the OGs. Like, she's the OG of Orange County. And her gavel. Yes, Vicky, Vicky. Gotcha. Vicky was who I was rocking with back then. Her, Tamara, all of them. And then Beverly Hills, I used to rock with Erica Jane before that whole scandal mess. And then I stopped watching. Okay. Garcelle came on, I watched. And then I got off. And this is back before when Sutton was just like a friend of the show. So like, okay, okay, she okay. just got her diamond the same way Marlo. Like, they've been on the show for a while, but they just got they just do as housewives. I feel like they can keep Marlo ass, but long, that ain't my business. But, you know, rock with them. Potomac, I feel like without DC, because people don't know that DC existed, without DC, there wouldn't have been a Potomac if DC wouldn't have flopped. So that's how I feel about Potomac. I liked it better when. That's how I feel also with Married to Medicine. Like, Married to Medicine was dope too when they had it in like Houston and LA, but those were flops. Interested to see how Phaedra acts amongst these ladies because they not like they not like Atlanta. They gonna give it to you, especially Doctor Heavenly. Oh, 
Oh, she is, listen, she don't give a damn, okay? I'm like, for somebody who named Heavenly, you are not that heavenly. <laughs> but it's okay, girl. I see where you're coming. I see where, Especially because Quad's ex-husband's current wife and her about to be on there and she the ex-wife. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. The current, his current wife and fiance, um, Quad's ex-husband, Dr. Lum, what, Dr. Lunsford. His current wife, who's like 20, 10, 15 years younger than him, was going to be actually be on Married to Medicine as a actual wife. And Quad is actually a friend of the show. But Quad is on there. And she's actually getting to get invited to like everything with her child. It's messy. I'm like, oh, I can't oh, wait to start this on. Really with Phaedra, messy, shady behind on there too. Okay. And it's Heavenly. Messy. And okay. Simone, you know, Simona Flip Flopper. Jackie, the only <laughs> consistent one on there. And then you got Toya Messy behind who never paid her. She probably in a whole new house this season. House number 27. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, this about to be some real tea. Baroni, though, is why we're here. And because it was such a cultured cast. Right. Shout out to Andy for doing something right. You heard the people. You you delivered what needed to be delivered. That was a good word. Very cultured. That was, yeah, that was a very good word. They're very cultured. It was very cultured. It wasn't a, it wasn't a white fragility. I have to listen to the white tears and the white bullshit or having to worry about my sis Ebony ready to jump through the TV, ready to bash a bitch's head open. Like, who? what? Aggressive? Oh, you're very articulate. Bitch, what you just say to my sis? Right. Articulate? That's a microaggression, but I'm going to let her pass. She probably didn't know no better. Right. Shout out, shout out, shout out to Ebony K. Williams. Shout out to Ebony for Holding court, because even her podcast is lit as fuck, bro. I love holding court with Ebony K. I can't wait till season three come back. Come on, girl. I, I, I would, yeah, I would like to see, definitely like to see more of Miss um, Ebony K, for real, for real. Like, some way, somehow, just like how they came up with this whole girl strip stuff and started bringing people back and mixing stuff in, some way, somehow, I would like to see Ebony back. Tell me gonna have to apologize first before they bring her back, though. She want an apology from Bravo. And Andy, before she do anything, she was like, "I would love to do a girls trip, but somebody gotta have to give me an apology first. And it's, she, it's, and it's just due. It's yeah. just due. Yeah. Because for her to even say in her report that Ramona said, "I didn't say the n word. I just repeated what I heard." No, bitch, you don't get to say the n word. Period. Even if it's in conjunction of what you heard, don't repeat it. I don't give a fuck. It's in your song. Let me tell you something, white people. I don't give a fuck. It's in your favorite song by your favorite rapper. You do not say the n word. I don't give it's the er with an a whatever, because you can get punched in the face. Simple. That's it. There's no question. There's not a discussion. Because I'm tired of y'all always wanting our rhythms, but don't want our blues. I'm tired of y'all appropriation. Just let it go. Y'all want to be black, but it's never going to happen. Y'all have no upper lip. I want to know where y'all can find it. Y'all got no ass. I want y'all to find that too. That's why I got to get injections. Y'all have no real figure. Some of y'all white girls got, got a little bit of... Somebody somebody in your lineage might have been in the slave quarters. This, this is obvious. But um, yeah, a lot of y'all know. Not even the Italians can get a pass. The Italians, the Italians is the closest ones, but it's nothing to know. So I'm going to try to really find your upper lip. Because when y'all put on lipstick, it looks like y'all literally are painting your whole face. So there's that. That's just all I got to say about that. But Roni, there's so much. Because me and Nita will have these whole conversations on Twitter. Then dissect them and go back and have to watch the episode like two, three, four times to see. Like, we catch something new every fucking time. No, every time. Salt Lake City gonna be the next one we talk about because we can't leave Monica. Monica, 
I love you. Monica Garcia, you the bestest of the best, girl. You, you're bringing the flavor for Salt Lake City because I really was going to be disappointed again this season, I felt. Um, I'm just happy Monica's in for this season I, because I was a little unsure, like, okay, without Jen Shaw's here, like, who going to be? But now that Jen Shaw's not there, and I don't know, you just see... True Colors. Yeah, thanks for what it really is. Exactly. True colors. Because exactly. everybody was afraid of Jen and trying to hide behind Jen and not, you know, walk on eggshells. You see, I'm starting to see that Heather really is with the shits. Right. Whitney's still going to be messy, whatever. Whiny Whitney is what I call her because that's all the fuck the bitch do is that's wine. She does, right. Wine. Mary's going for always. I don't, I'm, I'm starting to get a little concerned about Mary mentally because I just feel like mental Mary. Because it's like, I feel like her elevator don't reach the top. I feel like it's like there's a penthouse, but it stops on the fifth floor. <laughs> the elevator just has like it's out of service from the fifth floor to the penthouse. No, it's something. Um, there's something off for sure. There, I don't know what it is. I feel like there's some trauma, but she's trying to close it off because I do remember her always saying she don't have a relationship with her mother, like that. You want to know why? Because of that whole grandfather child. marriage Mary thing. Got to marry her first child. And I think that's crazy, but I believe it because greed can bring out the ugly in family. Right. But I just feel like Mary's a little off. Meredith is starting to give me a little Delulu. Just a tad bit. Okay. Just a tad bit. I mean, she's very conservative, but I just feel like everything's always a woe is me situation. It's never just, she's never just okay. Okay. And then when it comes to what's that other girl name? The one Lisa. She's the walking contradiction. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't really know how to understand Lisa too much. Um She's judgmental as fuck, I will say that. She's um I feel like she's one of the few ones that may be a little more unstable when it comes to her emotions when it comes to certain things. Um, them tweets I told you about, I'm like, what the hell does this have to do with the conversation? Right. Um, I don't know. Lisa's a little off to me too. I don't know. It's something there. I don't know. It's like she, I feel like she's a pick me. Okay. Like she tries too hard to be seen. Like, oh, I have this, my $60,000 ring. Like, girl, shut up. I feel like this is what, and y'all can crucify me for this. I don't give a fuck. When it's wealth, it's silent. When you're rich, you're loud. So the say that you constantly got sixty thousand dollars means that you're new money. Old money don't speak loud. Old money's quiet, which means you never had it before. Now that you got it, you must really not got it, or you got it and it's on borrowed time. Because last I checked, when it's, when Meredith said her house is always rented, it's not bought. So you got a sixty thousand dollar ring, but your house is rented. Some don't go together. Mm. Well, quite frankly, I feel like. That was an insurance scam or some sort. That's, mm. that's, that's what Cause I'm in my thinking. opinion, I ain't seen no ring on her finger when she got on that bus, but that's just me. I was looking. I was like, I ain't seen no ring. So where the ring at? Or was it just a plight for? Was it a plight just to be the conundrum for the whole trip to her to be over the edge and just blame her emotions on that bullshit for not getting dressed? Interesting. And I feel like she's homophobic. I feel that way as well. I feel like she's homophobic, which is why she really tries to go at Meredith because Meredith literally told us this season for the first time ever how Brooks is gay. 
She's right. always kept it under wraps because he wasn't comfortable, even though we could tell by mannerisms, but he could have just been Metro. Right. And that's not her business to share because that's his story to tell. Right. So, I, I, don't, I don't know. But anyway, we're here for Roni. Sorry, guys. Sure, we definitely won't get into that later. Okay. But <laughs> Roni, originally, for me, I just wasn't into it. I feel like this cast kind of brought it into because it was a lot more. First of all, it was multi-ethnic because you have people like Bryn, who's multi-ethnic. You had Sai, who's multi-ethnic. Then you had, you know, Jessel. You had Uba. So you really had all different origins of culture combined in one. You had Jenna, you know, the common, I guess you could say traditional lesbian as you would say which is like i think isn't this like the first time i've ever had a lesbian as a housewife i think so besides that's really open about it besides yeah denise richards and uh brandy but yeah yeah that was a whole scandal though that took a scandal for that to come out <laughs> we're talking about like from gate she made it know like i like women i'm into right. women I, may, you might be right when you say that that might be that's a good observation. I think she's the only first. And then I also love the fact that, that you know, you had your common Jewish girl from next door, Erin. So, okay. you know, I think it was a nice little mixture. Okay. Right. Nice little mixture. Because, I mean, you have... I personally feel like what they did strategically with Roni this season for the Roni Renaissance is they wanted to have more culture because they didn't... They wanted to show that they were more diverse. So, outside of just having Ebony, they wanted to make sure they were more... I guess you could say minorities on the show than there were majorities. So I feel like that's why they only had Jenna, who technically is a minority, but not by, I guess you could say, a parent. And then they just had Aaron. But everybody else was of, like, melanin of some sort. Right. To kind of show, like, we've progressed. We've, we're making changes. We're, we're open. Because that's really what New York looked like. Like, New York is majority minority. Right. So, like, let it portray... Because ain't nobody really living up on the Lower East Side, for real, for real. Like, you got Harlem, you got Brooklyn, you got all these other places. Right. Not everybody's living in a high-rise. Some people are living in brownstones. Right, exactly. Which is the culture of NYC. Like, talk about the truth of New York City. Not this freaking gentrified ideology I have of it. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think in season 13, was that Ramona's first time going to Harlem? Mm-hmm. I mean, that when I I was like, huh? Like, you're really so much in the bubble that you seriously never been to Harlem, which is only a few blocks of separation. From where you from at? From lower Manhattan. Because it's still Manhattan. Technically, right. people didn't even know. Harlem's still Manhattan. Exactly. That's why I'm just like... She's like, oh, but I'm from Manhattan. And then everybody's like, but Harlem's in Manhattan. <laughs> Okay, bigger, way bigger than that. And I'm sitting here like, that for me right there just showed her bigotry because if that's what you only think of Manhattan, baby, you have a sad situation here. Right, right. Your shit is real sad. Um, I think the fact that you had Uba on there because she is Ethiopian, 100% African, to have somebody of who's a, like directly from the continent speak on the culture and how... You know, her experiences are being in the U.S. as, like, a transplant is something that was needed because there's always a trope, like she said, as an angry black woman, but it's really just passion because we're always told to tone ourselves down or not be so assertive. But it's like, no, we got to speak up because nobody else does it for us. 
but it's okay. Well, it's, it's okay for us to be assertive and passionate when we're speaking up for you. Like when Uba was defending Aaron, it's okay when she defends Aaron. It's defend okay for her to be passionate. But when she's coming at your neck, now all of a sudden she's aggressive. Mm, okay. Okay. But she wasn't aggressive when she was defending you, though. It was the past right. then. It was okay for her to be aggressive then, right? She was not aggressive. She was having your back. Right. So it's like that. I understood her where she was coming from. She was like, at the end of the reunion, like nobody really has her back because she's defending everybody. And it's like everybody's kind of leaving her on her own island when it comes time to step up to defend Uba. And I kind of understood where she was coming from. Now, is she an, a, a Chanel Ayan? No, she is not her cousin because, baby, she was trying so hard. To be her cousin. <laughs> Baby, you're on Roni, not Real Housewives of Dubai. Now, that's a different type of money talking that can talk. Right. To visit Dubai is one thing. To live in Dubai is another. Right. So, yeah, I'm on two different tax brackets, honey. But I see the energy you're trying to give. You tried, baby. And it, it was it was a little cringy at first, but you got it together. But that shit between her and Bren, oh... I people, I put people in the hospital. Oh, I put people in caskets. Oh, I bury them. I'm like, honey, what are we? Why, why are we going here? What, what what's going on? <laughs> this, is, this is all over a com- a comment. Right. What are we um, giving? Um. So you see how when Bren said something about when she threw out that she's Irish and black during that moment, right? And then I thought about it. There was also a time when Uber brought it up, I think when they were in Anguilla, I believe, and she was like, well, Aaron, I mean, she was like, well, Brent, you're half black, so you understand. So I was just like, okay, but Uber also did the same thing and threw off the black card to Brent as well mm. before Brent did that at the reunion. Mm. So I was just like, okay, I, I know that I observed that a little bit, like, hmm. The black card. <laughs> Word, because even Brent says to herself, like, because I think Andy asked, he was like, so when you do stuff, like, how do you identify? She's like, as black. But you don't get black when you look at Brent because she's a redhead, light-skinned girl. So it was like... You could look at her and be like, hmm, I, I think she is. It's like giving one of them back-in-the-day passing situations. Like, you could have passed for white. Mm-hmm. But it's like... Since you can pass, are you still just saying that you say that you're black for TV for us to have a relate to have that connection for us to empathize with you, or do you really identify as black? Because you literally, because I think the only reason I think about that is because my grandmother was a black woman, but she was very, very, very like she was white looking, so she could pass for white. But baby, she really made it known like I'm black, and they would look at her like, "Why you went through the back?" She's like, "Cause I'm a black woman." They're like, "No, you're not." She's like, "Yes, I am." And she'll show her license like I'm a black woman, like. But don't get it twisted. I feel like Bryn, because she hasn't been so cultured, it, to me, it confused me when she was like, I haven't really exposed to black culture like that, but I have only because of my hair. And you know, the Rudy Huxtable, that Rudy Huxtable Association kind of threw me because I'm like, Rudy's hair never looked like that. But I, because I, Keisha Knight Pulliam's hair was bomb. I don't know what the fuck you was looking at. Right, right, but her hair was kinda, it was thick, thick but it was long. But I, I don't, I get what you're trying to say, but you're not articulating it the way you should. Right, and I feel like now that you are, because you are in New York, I feel like you should have. I feel like Brent's one of them girls who say she's black, but hang around a bunch of white people to try to appropriate to be accepted. But I don't feel like you're really trying to hang with the black girls. Like I don't feel like you would hang with an Ebony Williams or like hang with somebody who's gonna truly enlighten you on your culture because it's gonna make you uncomfortable. Cause that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you say you black, but you're not really black. Like it's black when it's convenient. 
Because like how you said she thought that Irish and black, like, why? Right. You don't be claiming the Irish any other time. We didn't even know you fucking had Irish in you until just now. So there was a conversation about that outside of we knowing your Mimi. Knowing that y'all was your mom's mom. Mm. And her brother don't look like he black neither. But then again, that ain't no. for me. He doesn't. They look alike, but he looks more... European. Yeah. He don't give me no type of African-American features. And I want to know, and I really want to know what her sister looks like. Mm. Like, that's, these are things that was running through my mind. Like, so what looks like, you saying that your grandmother was wearing multiracial kids, and it was uncomfortable for her, but how? Because a lot of y'all were giving passing. Outside of your hair, you gave passing. So how? Right. How was it hard for her to look funny raising biracial kids? And that's what I've always had the thought in my mind when it came to kids who were a mixed ethnicity. And people be like, how do you... I'm like, baby, listen, there's a third of, uh, of Italian. I show love to it, but that ain't... My grandmother, she was alive. That's something, yeah. But I'll take Puerto Rican black any day because that's more so where I can identify and feel like I'm seen in the culture. So there's never going to be a time where I'm going to try to use the Italian as a no. Like, it's Puerto Rican and black. Like, that's what it is. Like, that's what I was raised around. That's all I've known. I'm not knocking the Italian country, but let's look at me. In Italy, am I really going to be received as an Italian unless I go to Sicily? No. Like, let's be fucking for real. Right. So it's like, I'm not going to just throw it out there for convenience. I know of the culture, but I'm not living it because in society, I'm seen as a black woman. Right. Right. So it's like, for me with Brent, I'm just like, girl, you need to go hang out with Ebony in Harlem because I feel like you're another, like, a Ramona <laughs> who doesn't go past, like, a couple blocks. Right, right, right. And don't know shit. Exactly. Crazy. I don't know. I'm really interested to see how Bryn... Because I feel like the only time she goes to see a black person is when she get her hair done. Still. Uh, That's the only time. Because those are the only people who can deal with your hair because you have our texture hair. But I feel like if it was up to Bryn and she was one of these girls who were... Let's say had like a 2C kind of texture to be kind of texture she would be going to the caucasians to get her hair done if they could handle it and know what to do with it to keep healthy she wouldn't really be rocking with us that's how i feel personally am i saying this the truth no but this is just my thoughts from looking at how she's and again it's only a snapshot of what we're getting so there's a possibility she does have friends right. that are black right. but it's not giving from the men she's choosing because all you're choosing are men with pink penises As if they're the only one with pockets, and they're not. There's a lot of successful black men out here as well. Well, being that you said that, what that made me think was maybe it was something that her grandmother embedded in her. Because remember when she said, my grandmother said... You go to med school to become a missus. Mm Mm-hmm. And Ebony Williams talked about that shit. How white people love to tell their kids, you go to college to be a missus, not to go... You go to med school to be a missus, not to to become a doctor. You find a doctor. But as black women always are told, you go to school to get your education because that's our superpower to be able to use our actual education because we're always triple down on, on our qualities and abilities. Right. So it's required for us to have that education, education. We ain't going to school for no fucking nigga. What? You're distracting. We the first one like, no nigga, you're distracting me. Like, I can't get C's and D's, my nigga. Like, what are you doing? Right. Gotta cut you off. Like, this is what I'm here for. Right. White girls go to get, oh, if I feel I flunk out, well, Billy will be a doctor. He'll take care of me. 
And and now that you said that, that's what I'm thinking. Like, hmm, she was raised by a white woman. I feel like, well, this is what I feel. Like you said, it may not be true for what was going behind closed doors, but I feel like it's something in that mixture that her grandmother maybe told her to date white women and not black men. And then now that you say that, also might be the fact that what happened with her mother, with her father, and the impact her father and her mother, where she automatically has a stereotypical mindset of saying, like, black men are trouble. Black men can put you down a road where you see what happened to your mom, you see where you're at, like... Exactly. Hmm. See? And this is why I be having conversations with me about this shit, because everybody else just looks at the drama. Oh, they're fighting there. I'm like, y'all are so dumb, like... I want y'all to look past the f- actual physical and literally digest what the fuck is going on in these scenes. Right. Like, it's bigger than what your eyes are able to retain. Like, I really want y'all to think. Exactly. Exactly. Think. Y'all think that Andy didn't recast and trash the whole thing just because of Ebony? No, he needed a rebirth. He needed a refresh. He needed a new start to show that, oh, right. no, we're advocates. We're here for the black voices. We're here for cultural, you know, differentiation. Andy, I know what you did. Honestly, let me tell you something. I didn't. Out of all the times I've been watching Housewives, I didn't watch New York until Ebony came on because when I tried Same. to get into it before Ebony was there, I really couldn't. And it was an episode of Wendy Williams where Ebony came on, and they started showing the preview of what's to come for the new Housewives of New York with her on there. And I was like, okay, I need to watch this because we have all these white women for the first time with a black woman. Mm-hmm. I need to see how this is going to go down. And that's when I got into Real Housewives of New York. So I was like, when I seen that, I missed it, but I was because it was a pandemic, so I wasn't really trying to get into it. But I'm like, having this black woman, and if it's Ebony, who's actually a distinguished lawyer and respected in the networking society when it comes to like speaking political views. Ebony is the me. She's going to talk about cultural appropriation. She's going to talk about the shit that makes you uncomfortable. So it's going to be white right. tears and white fears. And I want to see white people uncomfortable. My mom always said that since I was a kid. You love seeing white people uncomfortable. I'm like, it brings joy to me. I love making them feel uncomfortable in spaces that they feel like you don't belong in. And I was like, it's good to actually see somebody who I know represents me because that's some shit I would do. I'm going to shake this. I'm going to shake the whole fucking table, shake this whole shit up. And I'm going to let y'all know. Secretly. I know what you're thinking secretly, right? So it's like, I want to see if. I want to expose you. Right. If you really thinking like that or if you different. And the only one that would happen to be different was Sonia. That was the only one to me. Sonia's my favorite. Sonia was the only one. Shout out to Sonia Morgan. Was the only one that actually was willing to learn. And literally, she was the only one that shut the fuck up and listened when Ebony would talk. Sonia's my favorite for real. Like, she's hilarious. She's... Luann always had to contest and just put her opinion and her feelings... Ramona always had to be on the defense because she knew her fucking ass was wrong and thought she could overtalk Ebony. And they're like, oh, you're not smarter. Y'all, honestly, truly, none of y'all bitches is smaller because this bitch got a law degree. You know, did y'all not hear what they said? That bitch loved to argue. I took her, sent that bitch to law school. First of all, the bitch is from the South. So she grew up in Jim Crow, that whole type of type of era in Charlotte. Went to New York. Her family's from Louisiana. Like, come on, she got Creole. Baby, she's cultured. Yeah, she, yeah. She, she, she's yeah. very much culture. She's been in all different types and been black in all different atmospheres and can very much speak on the test. And she's been on very wide broadcasting networks, speaking her voice and her opinion, getting paid millions. Right. Um, she's well more educated than a lot of y'all bitches. Let's let's talk about it. She's Esquire. <laughs> let's let's talk. Do y'all have Esquire behind y'all name? 
Ow. Did y'all pass the New York State bar? Because that shit ain't easy. Oh, okay, great. I'm done. Okay, great. That's cute. That's cute. But it intim- and this is and I think Ebony was the proof that I've always felt when I tell my mom, I'm like, yo, in corporate America, when you're educated as a black woman, it's a threat. Because they never want us to read and write. So when you're educated and you're not just on the subpar level, just having a bachelor's, but you got the experience and you got the degrees, it's a problem. Because for me, I be going toe-to-toe with my, my controller all the time. Bitch, you're not smarter than me because you acquired this because you're white. You've acquired this because you've been on this job for seven years. You don't have the education or the experience. I've been in the accounting world for the last 12 years and have a master's in this bitch. You're not smarter than me. Just because you have the title don't mean you better, bitch. And I'm going to check you every fucking time. That's when they get in my stuff, though. Girl, please. You're cute. Try somebody else. I'm not a lab dog. Just because I'm the only black one in this. You thought I was going to be a black girl. that's going to be like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. No. Like today. Oh, she was like, oh, can you work? No, I can't. I told you I'm going to be off at five. Five is when I'm going to be off. Oh, well, this needs to be done. Well, maybe you should get it done. Because I told you this a whole week ago. So there's a team, right? We're a team. And we're supposed to be about team effort. Pass it to somebody else on the team. And then I log the fuck off. We're not having discussion. Then she gonna text me. Oh, this I said. I'm sorry. This line is not paid for by my block, I'll insert company here. Please do not. Please refrain from texting me. This is my personal time. Boundaries. Period. And that's why my mom be like, "You gonna get fired one day." And if they do, fuck it. I don't care. It wasn't meant for me, but I feel like I always got to speak up for the next black girl who's in my position for them to know that all of us are not sitting here as some fucking lap dogs or some of us are not really Oreos. Some of us are really about this life. Bitch, I'm a professionally cursed you to fuck out unless you know about yourself. I am not the one, the two, or the three. Try somebody else that's going to be for your bullshit because it ain't going to be me. Right. Right. Like, girl, please. I'm a human dictionary. Don't try me. Stop it. My mom be like, what the hell you just say? Spell it. And I spell it. She be like, I'll be forgetting. I used to always tell you, stop using words you can't spell. And you could actually can spell it. I'm like, yeah. Listen, my people, my friend be like, we know when you're mad because you don't even curse. I'm like, yeah, what's the sense of using vituperative language and I could just be at the source? They said, what the fuck is vituperative mean? It means using profanity, dumbass. Yeah, your your word bank is is is, is something. <laughs> <laughs> this is like this is what happens. You have friends who read too much, and that's what happens if you do have friends who read too much. I like right. reading is fun. To, read is fun for the mental. No, no, exactly. And this is why I don't. I can always be able to professionally curse somebody out, and I don't even have to curse them out because it's just like for what? I can just hit you with the words, and we got to use Google. Okay, the conversation's over. You're taking too long to reply. <laughs> gotta go. You're still on Google trying to make sure the words come together. It's okay. Just let it go. They're like, okay, Akila and the B. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Because my favorite word is juxtaposition. People be like, how the hell do you, how the hell are you drunk having a whole conversation using the word juxtaposition in a room full of drunk people like they're going to know what the hell you just said? My girlfriend was like, that's how I knew I needed to date you. Because who the fuck is drunk and use the word juxtaposition in the middle of a whole debate with a male? And the niggas just literally stuck on stupid, looking at you like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. I'm like, me. Imagine when I'm high. I'm even more. Yeah. <laughs> how high? I'll be on my red man and method yeah. man shit. Couldn't words from just everywhere. And I be literally thinking to myself, I be having to Google like, wait, does this work in a sentence? And they be like, I be like yeah. My girlfriend like, yo, how did you? I'm like, I don't know. Just came in my head. Just had to make sure I'm using it right before I use it. Because what right. people's not going to do is come from my neck. And it's, the word's not is misappropriated. We're not going to do that. Right. But Ebony be on her shit too. So I be like, it was great to see some representation 
finally. She definitely does. She, she's on her shit. She, she was. I feel like Ebony, Ebony crawled so Sai can walk. Okay. Okay. But somebody else got to run because Sai is not running at this rate. We got to have some growth. We got to have some. I see the growth, but we got to have a lot of healing going on before we could say you're running after and passing the baton from Ebony. You're, you're, she crawls so you can walk, but we need somebody else. Like, and, and, yeah, Andy, where can we find somebody that's on the Ebony K. Williams since you don't want to bring her back and apologize? We need somebody on that caliber to really set these bitches straight. Because I feel like, like you said, it was more so of like the influencer, model. Brit is actually smart because she's a business consultant. Right. But we don't know because she adds so ditzy. Right. We didn't get to, I feel like we didn't get to see much of what she really does this season. Like, really at all. If any, or if anything. And you want to know why? Because I think they want to perpetuate the trope of her being like the, di- the ditzy, dumb friend who like is down for whatever and just doesn't have boundaries. Mm. They always got to have that one person's willing to make an ass in themselves. So I feel like her being a business consultant... And her also being like the goofy fun friend, like when even with her hashtag, if you make me mad, I love to have fun. But if you make me mad, I'll date your dad. Like yeah. that doesn't coexist yeah. with somebody who's a business consultant. Like okay, so I feel like they wanted to push that narrative to keep it where it's lighthearted. But like now that we know, because some of us did pay attention to reunions, like I can't look at her the same now. Like that means you're very well versed and educated, and you use this stupid trope for what? Mm. Why why do you act like the jester of the of the group when you really are the most educated of the group? Mm. Okay. Right. So that makes me see stuff like that really makes me look forward to seeing them on a season two because I need to really see for real what's the what's the one one death, what's the connections, who y'all really are, the growth, is it real? Like and I need them to bring on a friend of the show because now I need a fr- I need friends of the show to see how people are acting in season two to really see like how they truly feel. Like Sai, I feel like Sai's gonna be Sai hundred percent, no change, no matter if you bring a friend or not. Sai is what we've seen is what we got. That's how I feel. But when it comes to Bryn and Aaron, like I really want to see a friend of Aaron's because we know Aaron's Jewish. She comes in Jewish culture. She's a part of real estate. She's so New York. I'm from New York, but the only bull I take is by the horns. <laughs> I'm a New York girl, but the only bull I take. Girl, you're not no real New York girl because we take your ass to the South Bronx. You're getting beat the fuck up. Shut up. You're not I no real New York girl. Done. Like, cut it out, sis. But you have this. Tribeca's not up and coming. Tribeca's up and it's, it's already there. It's already there. You're a real estate. That's cute. But what are you outside of real estate? And, and the fact that you're 35 and look like you are about 50 is a problem. This is when I always say white women don't age well because they never mind their fucking business. Mm. My grandmother always say, you want to know the reason why white women don't age well? I'm like, why? She's like, because they always in somebody else's business. And it ages them faster. And I'm starting to fucking believe it. It, it, it may there, there definitely may be some truth to that because, uh, I mean, look what's... Listen... For her to be 35, bitch, you're two years older than me and look older than me, bitch. How, Sway? I still get carded when I go to the liquor store. I be like, how y'all thinking? I'm like, oh, we thought you like 27, 28. Thank you, but no, baby. I'm in my 30s. Damn, in mid-30s. Right. Appreciate right. it, though. Right. Bitch, you go somewhere. We would never have to get ID because you like you can be my mother. Right. Aaron gets about minimum... Early 40s, early 40s. That's what somebody said, too, and she was offended. I'm like, no, bitch, you look old because you act old. 
Yes, y'all was pouring up some Cabernet Sauvignon. Shout out to my bitch Ebony K. Williams, because that's her shit. Okay. Yo. Now you're really making me want to. I should have got some damn wine. So next time I'm gonna have to get some wine and drink with you. Cause we gonna no, cause we definitely coming back for Salt Lake City. Cause that's when we can really, re- both of us Yo. really can relate to. Oh my god, I can't listen. I'm already excited for it. If y'all haven't watched Salt Lake City, tap in. And all I'm gonna say is, if you have, if you were raised by a narcissistic parent, you if you know, you know. That's all I'm gonna say. If you know, you fucking know. You know, you know. That's it. That's what I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna give that too much, but if you know, you know. I, I can't. I can't wait to be to Salt Lake City. Like now that you say it now, like, because you can have a narcissistic parent and you can have a nonchalant parent. Two, you could be raised by both, honestly. Because I was raised by both, and that was more of a reason why I'm just like, nah, my Scorpio moon, like, nah, we gotta change this stuff. We gotta switch up the. We gotta switch up the, the dynamic. This ain't right. it. Right. That's why people are rushing me to have kids. No, let me heal myself first, which is what I had. Let me start my healing journey before I bring somebody else into this world. Cause this shit fucked me up. And I ain't trying to push that onto my child. So there ain't no rush. If it's meant for it to happen, it'll happen. But I gotta get in the healing within self before we I push that on the nah. Transgenerational toxicity stops here. Right. Good feel. That's it. That's it. We're not we're not doing that else. But so like city about to be real. Cause I already know that that reunion is about to be crazy. Z. It's about to be crazy. That might be, this might, that reunion, I don't know, even though I haven't seen Future, this might be it. That might be the reunion, and I feel like Andy gonna be messy and ask Jen's mom, I mean, ask fucking Monica's mom to come on that bitch. Excuse me. Because you know how he used to do with Candace's mom, Dorothy, and how he did with Mama D? Like, there's always one mom he favors, and I feel like that's what the fuck he gonna do is bring her mom on the show. And that mom is messy, child. LD is messy as fuck. Yo. LD messy. Yo. She might... I don't know. Well, she ain't top, top, nobody's topping Tokyo Tony, but... When we talk about franchise mamas, she tops all the franchise mamas. Because I feel like Mama D had a heart when it came to to her daughter on, on Dallas. I miss Dallas. I wish they, I wish they never canceled Yo, Dallas. What? I couldn't... Wait, wait. You were into Dallas? I love Dallas. I love Dallas. When I say I fucking loved Dallas, I loved Dallas. What? I loved Dallas. My fucking drawers on the floor right now. You was into Dallas in season one? Yes. I love Dallas. You want to know why? I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you a secret why I love Dallas. Because I love seeing white women who are from the South. And that showed the true display of the opposite of Southern hospitality and Southern Belle bullshit. And it was crazy to see how a lot of these women come back from like hick, redneck hick backgrounds and have this upper echelon mentality that they're so much better, but their lives are all fucked up out the ass. Like it was for once good to see, like I shouldn't be happy about it. It was good for once to see like white people go through a bunch of bullshit that they just had not no control over and look at the drama unfold. Because I feel like, in a way, I'm not saying it was white trash, but it was good to see, like, for once the fighting and all that stuff was coming on in a white, predominantly, it was literally a white franchise that they were trying to downplay on Atlanta. And I'm like, no, look at Dallas, motherfucker. Because Dallas ain't no different. Them bitches is right behind them, just as messy, catty, and full of shit. So watching them suffer through their bullshit was funny to me. I loved it. It was, like, arousing. I think it had three, four. Really? 
I love Leanne. Leanne was the fucking funniest because she was the most fucked up one out of all of them in the show. I am done. She was the fucked up one out of all of them. Because she had no emotional intelligence, no cognitive dissonance, no type of filter. Literally, she just let what, how she was raised off of just the fact that she raised herself be the reason why. I, yo, when I say I love that shit, Mama D. Do you think they're going to bring Dallas back? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so. so Ever. Just like they did with DC. I think it's like in the vault. Did we have any of the girls on a girls trip? Mm-mm. Interesting. And it's funny because Miami was... And you know, it's funny to me how I feel like there is a Roni renaissance because they could have done the same for Miami but didn't. And I think the reason why they didn't is because Gertie was their, their saving grace to change the narrative. Cause, because they didn't really have a black woman on Miami. It was a lot of them that were Cuban because it's, of course, normally Cuban Hispanic culture. But I think Gertie being Haitian, bringing light to a lot of what was going on at the time in Haiti and kind of showing how she was up and coming as an African-American woman and bringing light kind of what Ebony did, but not as prevalent. is kind of what saved it to not have this whole Hispanic narrative to kind of just focus on like Latino culture. Gotcha. Okay. So I think Gertie's kind of was their saving grace. Same thing with fucking uh, Beverly Hills. Garcelle was their saving grace because people were coming for them too because they're saying it was nothing but white fragility. Mm. And then all of a sudden now you have Garcelle Bouvet on the on the scene. Mm. But because a lot of the situations were problematic and nobody reported it because they didn't have the balls like Ebony is why they didn't get recasted. Okay. Because I feel like Garcelle was a tester to see how people would acclimate, but Garcelle's not problematic. Gertie was a tester, but Gertie's not problematic. Gertie's not going to fuck with her bag. So she's going to go with the flow and let the shit roll. But Ebony's not with the shits. Fuck the bag. I don't need this shit. I'm going to speak with the... If it's wrong, it's dead ass wrong. Right. So I think that was when they realized like that whole testing, let me throw in a guinea pig black woman was like, that. that, that let's not do this shit. Let me just... Let's just recast... When they recast it, I was like, oh, shit. This has never went down in fucking Housewives history before. And it's been I almost, like, it's been almost two decades since they've had Housewives. Almost two decades. It's been like 15, 16 years. Housewives been on for a minute. Right. And I'm just like, some real serious shit has to go down for them to make that move for real. And now come to find out, Ramona Singer is the foundation of the deletion of fucking Roni. Well, the, the OGs. OGs. And it's apparently, I want to see if they really take her off the fucking girl strip. I need her off the girl strip too. Let us know how real it is. Take her ass off girl strip. Cut her paycheck there too. Yeah. I- Cut her paycheck. And even though she, even though she's not OJ, put Ebony in that bitch. So I know it's real. So I know y'all really forgave, and y'all really trying to make a stance. Let Ebony make a pop out, a pop up appearance for a couple days on that motherfucker for the OG legends, and see how they really take. Then I know it's real, Andy. And you would think because Andy Cohen is a gay Jewish male that he would be a little more empathetic. 
and cognizant of how he does these narratives of reality TV because we're far from the days of real world in 1992, okay? Mm-hmm. Where it was genuine reality TV. Mm-hmm. You would think he'd be more empathetic to not push these narratives of negativity and bullshit because he is a gay Jewish man and I know he gets backlash 24-7. But to be a puppet master and puppeteer and hold these people's money in their hands for checks, like even when Ebony was like, they would tell me like, talk about Ramona, talk about Sonia's drinking and Ebony was like, hell no, I'm like, she ripped up the card and threw it out. Like, I'm not talking about that shit because I know how sensitive it is and I know where she's coming from and why she's drinking so much. So why would I hit a sore spot that she's still trying to recover from? Right. Why would you want that, Andy? I understand ratings, but I really want America to stop getting joy out of people's misery because it just shows how miserable you really fucking are. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, a lot of these reality shows, like, even when it comes down to, what is it, Love & Hip Hop Atlanta, y'all didn't take that shit off. Y'all already produced the show, but because the the world gave y'all backlashes, now why y'all want to end the season? Because we don't want to fuck with Erica. Now y'all want to take her bag and take her money, but y'all been knew y'all was going to release this episode. Yeah, I just thought we was going to let it bypass and not speak mm-hmm. on it. They wasn't expecting that reaction. Not that y'all did, the whole season's cut. Because she's in every other part of the season. So it's like, reality TV ain't reality as much as it's rehearsed television. And it's kind of like, because we are in the SAG after strike, it's not we're not going to get a lot of the quality TV back. It's giving me 2007 Flavor of Love, which started this all this bullshit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's when reality TV took a turn. Like, reality TV used to be real TV. Like, when real world was real TV. You getting real strangers. Hello? Then you get Flavor of Love that just fucked everything up. And now here we are. Damn near what? 15, 16 years later. Same bullshit. Because we were in the strike and couldn't get the TV that was scripted that really had quality value to it. And then that's what the world reacted to. So I just feel like... I don't know. I really hope Sai grows this next season because I feel like she has a potential. Like, when she admitted, like, I just lash out when I get mad because I feel like grown adults should have common sense. And I'm like, I feel you, girl. Because I be feeling that way, too. But everybody don't receive the same. Like, and if you looked at Brynn as a little sister, you should have handled her a little bit better. Yeah, that was kind of some type of emotional abuse or mental abuse for to the... Because the way Bren reacted to that, you could tell she was really hurt. Mm-hmm. Six months? months? Yeah. And that's supposed yeah. to be somebody like your little sister that's around your kids? Yeah. Come on, dog. I get being mad, but six months, I'm like, bitch, I miss you. Right. But it's then, but you see, then it's little shit like that that just shows you as well how side really is. So, and it just goes back to the thing with that's really her trauma point. With her mother and her husband. She got to figure that shit out. Because that's literally hindering her from growth. I strongly feel like she blames her husband. But doesn't want to say it. Because that's her husband. Oh, you can see it in her face. That's who she blamed. But she's taking it on as herself. Because she wants to blame him. But she's taking it for herself. Because she didn't speak up. And defend it. She's like, I'm living in this townhouse. My mom's on the street. So you're trying to take the blame without really saying, like, my husband's the reason why. I want to fuck this nigga, but I can't because that's the... <clears throat> Excuse me, that whole situation you're talking about her whole marriage shit is kind of like also something I'm like, girl, please, you really couldn't. But you know what? You ain't... Um, 
you didn't expose that. So I'm just going to act like I never seen it. But and the people said that wasn't your man. David was not your man, for real, for real. So you could have kept your mom in the house because he wasn't your nigga then. But whatever, girl. Okay. See, this is why. <laughs> this is why I need a season two because I know some way somehow it's gonna get deeper into this, and we're gonna see the truth really come out for real, for real. Because this was just a toe in the water. It's a slight introduction. It was trying to take. It was trying to get a tip of our palate. Right. Because we still have yet to know why, in reality, with Bryn, you've been engaged three times. The other two, you don't want to speak on, but you'll speak on whatever the last one is. And you won't say what's the cause of why you haven't went down the aisle. But you're 37. Time is ticking, but you're trying to find the right guy. But the guy you had, you said there was really nothing wrong with him. So what was the reason you didn't walk down the aisle? I feel like Bren self-sabotages. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because she has abandonment issues. She doesn't want to be abandoned. Yeah. Yeah. So that's her defense mechanism. She's so used to being abandoned that... That's what feels so normal. So if it feels like it's about to, she's not about to be abandoned, that feels wrong. I can speak from experience. So right. Sabotage. Exactly. So that's how I know when I see it. Because it was that's like, oh, this I, feels too good to be true. I don't deserve this. What the fuck is going on? I, I'm okay. I'm not on edge. It's not a trauma. Like, right. what? And then when you used to, when your brain is used to behaving a certain way on autopilot, I always say it like when people who've been raised off of sacrifice Mm -hmm. and not off of love, it's different when they receive love because they're used to sacrifice. Right. So at some point you've had to give something up to receive the love. So when you finally get love that's equally equated where nobody really wants nothing from you, it's like, what the fuck? Or what's going on? What's wrong? Like right now, me and my girlfriend have been going at it in an argument so stupid over stupid shit. She's like, you're so not used to being loved genuinely. You're so used to sacrificing and giving it because you have so much to give, but it's hard for you to receive it because you've never fully genuinely received it. Right. I'm like, shut up. Nobody asked you for a doctor for a fucking moment, bitch. Okay? Don't read me for a book. But then I be coming at her like, I see your daddy issues, your mommy issues. You always want to be on my face because you're used to being abandoned. And you're used to picking unemotionally, emotionally unavailable people who don't want to love you. They just want to have what's best for you and love you till they get what they need. So I see that in you, too. And she's like, all right, bitch. Nobody asked you. I'm like, but this is what we're here for. It's okay. But I'm glad we can have these conversations now because later down the line, I'm used to having those conversations later. And it's like, we already a year and some change in the relationship. I'm glad we can do this now in th- two, three months because right. we can work on it and kind of open up. But I be, I, I see where Brynn coming from though. I'm not going right. to hold you, Brynn. I've been there, sis. I've been there. I was engaged right. twice. So I can't talk shit. <laughs> I was engaged twice. So I was like, hey, girl, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know what, Brent? I get it. But the reason why I didn't get as far as you did, well, we kind of got close because we want to do a destination wedding, but it wasn't on me. Motherfucker cheated, got caught. Motherfucker got cheated, was got caught, so that's how the wedding got cut off. And the other one, I was just like, nigga, you're physically, verbally, and emotionally abusive, and I don't give a fuck if you do go to the NFL. I don't want to be your best, your your football wife. Because if this what comes, then I have to endure this, and I don't have a voice, then I don't want to be in this shit for eternity, and I don't want kids with you. So, therefore, I'm going to just give you this back. Right. Okay. Because that's a lifetime tie. Right. 
I don't want it. Interesting. That nigga had real serious mommy issues. Like, to the point where he has still had a bank account with his mother at 25 years old. We have a problem. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And your mother's in our relationship. Like, in our relationship constantly in everything. And you're telling her everything that goes on our relationship. No. Mm-hmm. And she thinks she has the audacity to come to me about it and talk to me. No. Yeah, no, that would annoy the hell out of me. And you think I'm going to marry that? Hell no. Yeah, no I feel you. So I think, thank God, <laughs> dodge two bullets. Okay, great. So, Brent, I get it. Now, if you have those type of situations, sis, makes sense. But if you just ran away because you just felt it was too good to be right. true, then we have a different conversation to talk about. Right. And I feel there's a lot of self-realization and self-love that needs to happen for you to know that's what you deserve. So you can be able to receive it. Not saying that it's going to be something easy, but I feel like when you do have that self-love, you realize I'm worthy of what I'm receiving. It doesn't become so much self-sabotage. Like you let them right. in on the flaws. Like I tell my girlfriend now, like this is seasonal depression time. A lot's happened in this month. I don't know if you're willing to be in the eye of the tornado. My emotions fluctuate real crazy. If you're not able to withstand it, I'm not going to fault you for it. But I'm going to let you know up front, this is how it could be and what the emotions give. I'm not going to displace it, but there's going to be times I'm just going to want to just want to be held or just want to talk or not talk at all. Like, But I'll communicate with you so we can have those conversations on how you feel and the reaction to my actions. Because you deserve, you're entitled to have feelings too. Right. But not everybody, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's not there to do that. So. Right. Brent might not be there yet. And that's okay. And that's okay. Right. That is okay. We're not faulting for you, sis. But Jenna confuses the fuck out of me. Really? Because, like, I really want to know with Jenna, who were you married to? What's her son's name again? Brentley? It's some weird name. Brinks? Bentley? Yeah, but I forgot, though. It ain't It's some weird name. Bruton Bronx something. Anyway. First of all, the fact that your name is not Jenna, and you got it from Jenna, 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 tell you your name is Judith. Crazy. I um recently was starting to look at some old Beckett. I knew some oh, I knew some white ass up echelon up up an echelon named Beckett. Like B E C K I T. B E C K E T T. Mm, Beckett, gotcha. See, I I wasn't I don't know what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking that though. <laughs> but I knew it was with a B. And it was with her husband of the time. She was married for nine years? I was looking at, yeah, like, I was looking at some past, you know, interviews of Jenna, like, seven years ago. I'm like, oh. Okay. Becca looked like his daddy. Yes. I don't see Jenna in him. Wow. That's crazy. And I just want to know, like, okay, I've, I've always been down with the by life because it's been my life. But, like, to be married full-fledged and then, like, have a kid and then, like, you're out and about, it's just, like, I wonder how that lifestyle is. What you mean? Like, in what sense? Like, what, like... For her son, like, how does how does he feel? Like, how, how... Like, when she first told him, how was he received? Was he receiving of it? Did he have questions? And then, like, for you to say you're fully, like, not saying you're completely, like, not bi, but for you to fully go on the spectrum of, like, I just want to really date women... That's it. It's like how you know what I'm saying. Like, where did you have that epiphany? Like, and what pushed you to do that? Or like, was bisexuality something that you felt like 
you've always been intrigued to be curious or was it something where it's just like you had one night and it's kind of like a night became something that stirred up feelings for you to feel like I'm just attracted to women and men because some people are born I always say some people are born where they know from jump like I feel like for me I was born I was five I knew like I like boys I like girls some people are like older where it's kind of like I had that one experience that kind of like unlocked the door for me to just want to explore my sexuality and fluidity Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> see, I may have seen now. You have something in common with Bren. I got a little something in common with Jenna. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because I dated a girl for four years. Shut the fuck up, nigga. For no, real? I did. I did. And after that experience, I was like, I want to be with a man. So maybe, at the, so obviously it's the opposite with Jenna and I, right? So Jenna been with, is with, was with a man and was like, okay, you know what? Fuck this. I want to be with a woman. Right. Something traumatic or something had to happen to be like, okay, yeah, I'm not, I can't do this no more. Right. Because that happened to me. I'm not over this shit that you dated a girl for four years. Like, I want y'all to know my joy is still on the floor, y'all. <laughs> As my bisexual flag peeks in the background, I'm fucking jaw on the floor right now, okay? We live together and everything. This is a conversation. Like, this is a conversation off air. This, the people don't even know this shit because that literally has me like, what the fuck? Okay. Yeah, before, yeah, before my daughter was born. So I get, so I feel like something with Jenna, it was something when she was like, okay, yeah, I ain't doing this. It was something really traumatic. I feel like. I feel like for females, it's always something emotional. When the emotional stability is not given to feel like okay. that's the ground, I feel like that's when females are like, I want to go so... Because, like, okay, my girlfriend never dated a girl. Interesting. And I'm her first girl. Not to mention another caveat, which makes it even more crazy, is we're 10 years apart. Okay. So she's dealt with girls, but she's never dated a girl. But, like... The fact that she's open to the point where, like, her mom knows about us and I've met her mom, I've never experienced that with any other girl outside my ex-fiance. Interesting. So, I'm used to dealing with girls because, of course, that's my mindset. Like, with brand sabotage, I like to date emotionally... Un- I used to love to date emotionally unavailable females or emotionally unavailable people where it doesn't have to be much said because I'm out there. I was private. Like, I was gay, but I wasn't just, like out there gay like i want everybody to know like pda type shit we can act like we besties like i don't want that but it's like to have it where somebody wants to be pda and be out and it's like this is your first girlfriend is like weird as fuck to me it's like girl i'm the one that's really about this life and you not but you want to be all up over me and shit in public and shit like what the hell is going on you want to be in my face your mom knows about me like all this other shit your mom has my number you met my like this shit is so weird to me but it's like if after you i would never deal with another girl I just like you. And I'm just like, hmm. She's like, I'll mess with a girl, but I want to date a girl. But she can see a future with us. Like, I want kids. I'm, I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, what the... But it's weird. So I feel like it's, she was like, it's the emotional. I think, I was like, I told her, like, you so used to emotionally unavailable men that I feel like I gave you stability of emotional availability. So I want to see one all seasons to make sure this is something that seriously you want. Because I don't want it to just be based off my emotional availability and what you've never had with men that you really want me for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
And she was like, I hate when you say that. I'm like, but I have to be real about it because this is how I feel. And I'm not going to lie to you about my feelings because you haven't. You've dealt with girls. You never dated one. If you dated one prior, I would be like, all right, cool. Like, you fucking with me to fuck with me. But you haven't. And the 10-year age difference is I'm older. So that's another thing. Okay. So it's like, I'm not saying this is an experiment, but at the same token, I'm just like, I'm a little cautious because... Not sure I'm trying to doubt it because I feel like she's in it, but it's like I gotta still be mindful of things that are also until I see otherwise to give me that confidence and real assurance that you hear here. I gotta still, I'm gonna give you me, but you're not gonna get all of me. She always says, like, you're like an onion. I'm like, yeah, because I've learned that when I just peel back all layers and just let you get the core, then I'm out here left naked and you didn't deserve to get to the core. Mm-mm. No, you're doing the right thing. So I got to give you layers because we, we're in different seasons. So I got to see how you react. That's what I said with this whole mood swing thing. I got to see how you react because you're trying to marry this forever. This is going to be something that's going to happen on a regular basis because this is a real serious, tough time for me mentally and emotionally with the family dynamic thing because I'm not that close with family. Like this is a sensitive time and you want to do a lot of family stuff that I ain't really been on. So we got it for the last nine years. So you got to see how like, my mind, I'm not in traditional family dynamic. I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Right. Christmas is not a big thing for me no more. Like, she just lost her grandmother. I lost my grandmother nine years ago. That was the glue to my family. So my change in family dynamic ain't the same. Right. The ideology of the cleavers of having a mom and dad in the household is not my ideal thing either. So my perspectives right. are different. And because I got a Scorpio moon and a Pluto both in my fourth house, I'm here to fuck shit up. I'm not here to fucking be normal. <laughs> I'm here to fucking fuck shit up and make everybody uncomfortable in the process and not give a fuck on my Wednesday Adams. Uh-huh. So she was like, I don't understand you. You be frustrating me. I'm like, yeah, but I gave you warning. She's like, but I don't be realized until we're in it. But I'm like, but you can't say I didn't tell you to prepare you to communicate like I'm vulnerable as fuck. She's like, you really emotional. I'm a Scorpio moon, bitch. I don't know what to tell you. Right. I'm a Scorpio moon, a Virgo sun, and a Leo rising. Bitch, you're going to get a whirlwind. Uh, That's a whole intensity within itself. And a, and a Leo Venus? Girl, come on now. It's a lot going on in here. So I get Bryn and I get Psy. That's why I was like, I have empathy for Psy because at first, off the rip, I could see it was a defense mechanism. And then when everybody's trying to join the I understand side bandwagon, I'm like, no, fuck you, because you weren't trying to be understanding. You weren't trying to understand and realize where why this girl was reacting the way she was reacting, because you couldn't step outside your own personal experience and really step inside her own shoes. And I think that's what I have an issue with. Like, when people watch these reality shows, I don't think they sometimes step and listen to what has already been shared, and they just make up their own conclusion. And it's like, no, side made it clear her relationship with her mother. So imagine her in a group of females. Mm-hmm. It's not going to really change when her trust with her mother wasn't that strong and she's raised herself. Mm-hmm. Her ability to trust women is not going to be that strong. That's a good That's a good um, observation. I didn't think about that part of it either. Like that type of factorization of it. Like the relationship with her mother and how she re- reacts and responds with her friends. Right, because she was so vulnerable with her mom. She was like, I was the only one that was willing to take her back every time, every time, and she was disappointed. So I feel like Sai, if that was her relationship with her mom, now when she gets around females, she's going to retract that and not give so much to defend herself from getting too attached because she loves hard. 
So she's gonna look past your mistake, which is probably why she's pissed off about Bryn because she's like, I know your story. I've looked past it. So for you to break my trust after her mom broke her trust when she left her in the house was like, that was personal for her. Because it's like, bitch, you know I don't fuck with everybody and I let you in my house, my home, and around my kids. Like, you gonna sit here and betray me? Of all right. fucking people? Right. So when she shut down, I understood. It's because it's not like she shut down because she didn't care, but because she didn't know how to respond and have that conversation with emotional cognizance and be like, yo, you hurt me. Because to her, like, it's a sign of weakness. That's just what I felt. No, you're right, yeah. Yeah, okay. This is what I've been telling y'all. We be, this is how we be discussing these conversations. Like, this is this be a normal for us every week. Every week. No, for real, for real. Because we really get in depth. Like you said, it's, it's way more than just the drama of it. Like, we really get into depth with the connection of why these people act like this. We're connected childhoods to who they are now and to how they like you know it's like and i heard not one of them motherfuckers said it was in therapy just but for the record mm. which speaks volumes within itself mm. because a lot of them are married and they have these weird i guess so the way that side was saying that it's a weird dynamic between jessel and pavit to me is like it's a weird dynamic between her and david Excuse me, and it's a weird dynamic between Aaron and Abe. Because right. the fact that all of y'all have never been in therapy, which means y'all literally are in unions with people who knew of you when you married them, but you're transforming in your marriage like you are in your everyday self. So you're giving them a different version from when y'all were married for 10, 12, whatever, how many years when y'all first met. Like, Pavid and Jessel are not the same roommates they were when they met and whatever they met. Sai and David are not the same people they met when she was at the swim-up bar. Um, Abe and whatever, whatever, Abe and Aaron are not the same one night stand that they were. Y'all evolving and then y'all bringing other lies into the situation, which I feel like that changes you too because being a mother and a father changes the dynamic. So it's right. like a lot of what they were talking about to me, what I noticed when it came to the marriages is y'all talking a lot about the physical aspects. Right. But when the conversations were being had, when we were in the rooms, it was not a lot of emotional connection for me for any of the marriages. Mm. They felt like it was a very big emotional disconnect. Like when Aaron was like, well, you're going to worry about Abe. Like he gets sex all the time. That's great. But where's the emotional, com where's the mm. intimacy? Mm. The reason y'all talking about Jessel don't have intimacy, but she's not having sex. But just because you're having sex don't mean that you have an emotional connection. Mm. You might just be fucking because it's on your to-do list or on your honey-do list for the day. Mm. Talk about it. Okay. So you're there, but you're not really there. And... I feel, remember the conversation when it was Aaron and her husband, and Sai and her husband, mm -hmm. and her husband right? Listen to this, right? And then Sai's husband said, I would, I would leave the marriage, right? Aaron's husband said, after a while, I'll end up sleeping with somebody else. What did Pavel do? For two years, he's still still with his wife. Their husbands did not respond the way Pavit would. But I, he out here cheating going to Vietnam for his sandwich, though. Y'all out here confusing this man to cheating. And y'all husbands are saying, basically, I will leave you. I don't get no S-E-X. So that means that y'all relationships are foundationally based on that. Period. Period. And that's why I feel that is that those inner triggers with Giselle, because Giselle... Believe it or not, I feel like she got the most solid relationship. Oh, hell yeah. 
Because you could tell that they're because they were best friends before they were married. They had that foundation of platonic relationship to know each other and in inner workings as just individuals before they became a union. Right. When it comes to David and Sai and then Aaron and Abe, you are one night stand and he ended up wifing you. Sai allegedly you was a side piece who then got a ring after the fact and got the husband after baby number one. Child, you just put me on, child, because what? And you didn't get your husband until baby number two after y'all were dealing with each other when he already had a whole nother piece. But that allegedly... So now we see what, what is really... Allegedly. That's what they said on the Twitter. That's what Twitter says, Swiss. Don't get mad at me. Listen. Because they pulled out the receipts. I'm just saying. Because Homeboy was living in Canada at the time. Mm. Listen. And the fact that you even had the audacity to say that he wanted your friend before you speaks volumes. I would never let the people know that. Wait, I must have missed that part. Oh, you didn't hear it at the reunion? Shorty was like, I met David at a summer bar. It's funny because he was trying to get at my homegirl and, and I happened to be there and they were having a conversation and then we were talking and he said some snarky remark and then all of a sudden he was flirting with me and then I was like, okay, you can have my number. So she was the second choice. Oh, baby, I was listening to all the audio and the little side smarts. I was reading all the captions, honey. Yeah. She knew what she was doing. Exactly. Because personally, I'm sorry, Sai. I'm going to call it as I see it. David was a come up. Because you come from the struggle of being homeless and having to defend for yourself, and you see a man who's about money and making money, you trap that man. Yes. And then you wanted to find the love later. Let's talk about it. Okay? And and what what you got out of that? And what happened? Because the man retired out of his technology business is now a stay-at-home dad while you're an influencer, have your own business, but he's pretty much still the primary breadwinner because he sold it for a buku amount of money. And then now you married a man that kicked your mother out the house. And, and now look at the end result of what happens to that child. So was it worth it? Again, so we say money, the dollar signs, the greed is not always the best. That's why it's one of the deadly sins, baby. Because once you once you put one of those greed as a driving force of anything, the outcome or that timeline you think you're on, you're not on that timeline. You're not going to get that outcome you think, that happy ending you think you're going to get. Because sometimes selling your soul ain't worth the sacrifice. And then, but people, you see, but you see how it's playing out. Because now you have resentment of a wrong you can never right again. Right. And you can't get your mother back. That part. That part. And that's why I feel like with Jessel, with her telling her story with these struggle Olympics they was having, I'm like, Jessel, if you was privileged, bitch, it's okay to just say you was privileged. Bitch, I wish I was. Bitch, I don't deny it any fucking time. I think that's, first of all, I'm going to let y'all know an inside joke. I think it's great that, first of all, my girlfriend's the only child, and two, she's privileged too, so we never have to have these conversations. We both look at each other like, bitch, <laughs> we ain't never had to struggle. We came in middle-class households. We've always been raised, this is something we've never, what? No, it's not in our vocabulary. We've been spoiled our whole lives, and I'm glad you understand it, because now I'm going to explain this shit. But I love that for you. This is great. I love this. No, that's wonderful. I, listen, you listen. People gotta understand. Wealth is a birthright. Okay. okay. All that. Okay. Privilege is a birthright. Like, 
And I've always hated people who be like, oh my God, you're so spoiled. You're only complaining about it is because what, and I always tell people, is it the fact that I'm spoiled or is the fact that you're working to make your generational wealth and I was already born into mine? What's really the, what's really the issue here? There's no issue. Because everybody's trying to attain generational wealth. Right. It's either you're born with into it or you're trying to attain it for your child to have it. So how are you going to try to judge me something you want your own kid and legacy to be? So you see, that's what people are usually walk in contradictions, right? I'd be over it. Right? I'd be over it because I'd be happy as fuck. I'd be like, what? you 23 with your own house? Three-bedroom house? Great. Babe, I'm coming over. It's no problem. Got the keys to the crib. What are we, what are we doing? No, that's... Listen. I'm here for it. But I think that's something that's easier for me because I'm just like finding someone who understands me because you're an only child too, even though you're really not an only child. You have seven sisters from your dad. But you get it where it's like, ain't nobody got out the mud. I don't got no silver spoon, but I don't got no wooden one neither. Like, yo, we've been okay over here. It's never been an issue. And I'm not going to act like it's been an issue because my grandmother sacrificed to make sure that I never had to go without. Hence why generational wealth is a thing I can be able to be into. That's what people are like. If you get fired, you're going to be mad. I'm like, no, because my aunt and my mom will take care of me. They're like, oh, you got that? Yeah, I got that. Like, everybody don't. And I'm grateful that I do. But, like, I'm not going to deny and act like if I were to get fired today, my mom would be like, all right, Grace. So what's your, what's your bills for the month? Do a calculation so we can know how much we send to you. That is, listen... Am I going to deny that? No. But I just feel like, Jessel, if you with me, sis, it's okay to be over here with us. The privileged kids. Own your shit. She wanted to... She could have felt... Well, I can't speak for Jessel, but I feel like maybe she could have felt a bit bullied by Sai at that time and felt like she had to conjure up something to be as traumatic, to be down. But it's like, girl, do you understand that they wish they had that. Exactly. And like, it pissed me off when Aaron was like, do you know the struggle my dad went on the reading? You know my struggle my dad had being a Jew? Girl, please let's not do this. Girl, cut it out. Cut it out. I cannot. Do you know how, do you know, do you know how hard, do you know my story? That's why I'd be like, the white fragility was shown with Aaron. I'm like, bitch, shut the fuck up. This is how I know you voted for Trump. Just shut the, this is the moment where you should shut the fuck up. When minorities are talking, don't join the conversation. Because Cy, and that's what I feel like that I also want people to understand is the differentiation between Bryn and Cy is Bryn, Bryn wasn't really raised off sacrifice as she, survival as she was love. Because even though her parents abandoned her, her grandmother stepped in to show her what love was. Cy right. didn't have that avail- availability or option. She really just raised herself off of survival. So the love she's getting, she's learning from having her kids to know what she doesn't want to have for them to survive to feel not like they're not seen. So right. I I sympathize with Bryn, but I can sympathize with side too. And I want people to stop trying to pit against their 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 I guess struggle Olympics between the two because Bryn at least had family who took her in to say fuck it, I'm gonna raise you. Side was homeless on the streets and literally raised herself and kind of like thought money was gonna fix her mom's problem. Uh, 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 and it didn't because money fixed her problems and he's gonna fix your mom problems it might have been your remedy but it could be her cancer which it was uh, uh, so you can't always throw money at everything because i feel personally and i'm not gonna knock side and this is just my opinion subjectively might i add that if side would have taken the time to understand why her mother got into the addiction 
what pushed her into the addiction, had the conversations, understood how painting became her outlet and why it was her only positive outlet. I feel like that would have saved her from not as much from going down the road she went, but it probably would have gave more time for her to have time with her mom because you would have been speaking with her and not at her and try to reprimand her as a child and try to flip the roles and trying to raise her as a mother and just kind of been a friend. Because sometimes when you have situations like that, just like how it was with Brynn and her dad, she wanted to have that father, the as she said, the delusional father-daughter moment. But in reality, what I heard was her having a friend. Like, I'm telling you all my secrets. I'm telling you what's going on, what I'm doing, what I'm not doing. If Sai would have taken the time to not throw money at the situation and really gave time, because that's something she can't get back, I feel like the guilt she has on her heart wouldn't be so heavy because she knows she would have gave the time. Like, right now with my mom, even though it's been nine years, she's guilty of my grandmother's death because she never gave her the time when it was a veil to just take the time to listen and talk. As opposed to me, I grappled the death easily because every Saturday for three, four hours, it was a lot of my grandmother. If it was church gossip, whatever, I made time to just listen. We just bonded. So you're just, even though you were in the same household with her, there's more guilt on you than it is me because I know I gave the time. So when she left, it was like, I got all the time I needed and I'm okay and content because I value what I had when I had it. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. And because Sai didn't value it and just try to throw money at it and have somebody else fix it by throwing her in that rehabilitation center and rehab, when in reality, probably all her mother really wanted was the time from Sai to just understand her and how she got to where she is, could have gave her a little bit more years. But when you did put her out on the streets... She probably wouldn't even have to be on the streets, one. But she would have had more of a respect for you and your household, where she kind of probably like, let me slowly back off. Like how I was with Frankie, which is Keisha Cole mom, where she kind of was like, I have more to live for now. Because Keisha and her kind of had those awkward, uncomfortable conversations for Keisha to understand like why she was on drugs and what pushed her to give them up. That's what gave Frankie more life to kind of like, let me just make myself clean. I feel like that's what would have happened with Sai's mom. But that's just my thoughts. No, that's a, that was awesome. That's a, that's a good a great way. To, she she put herself on the wrong timeline with her mom, and being that her husband at the time or her man at the time, whoever he, he was, was the most of the the breadwinner, had the most bread at the time. She probably felt his word. She had to respect more because at the end of the day, she always had that resentment for her mother. So she probably felt she had to respect his word more and be like, all right, whatever he say goes type shit instead of my mom. Because she ain't never seen money. And when you see it, you ain't trying to lose it because it's the scarcity mindset. Right. And what that fear put her on, that fear timeline. When it should have been, I'm going to choose family. I understand what you're saying, David. This is my mother. I only got one. Because so I doubt he will ever. I don't know if his mother is living or breathing on this earth child but if the roles were reversed and Sai said your mother gotta go guess who's leaving not his mother okay period period okay. i don't i don't know that's just how i felt like it's just it was it was weird and when it comes to uba Knowing Chanel Ayan's story about how they circumcise women. That's what she said that shit to Bren. Like, I will circumcise you. I was like, girl. In your culture, after Ooh. hearing Liz listening to your cousin, that shit ain't it. So, like, to say that shit is, like, crazy to I me. That one. That's crazy. And even when I watched Real Housewives of Durban, I was like, girl, that's nothing to play with. I don't know. 
peeped that. I was like, oh, wait, huh? Like, all over a name? Don't do that. That's never that deep. I just feel like Uba is in a place of... She wants privacy, but she's being secretive. And there's a difference between secrecy and privacy. Because I feel like you want to be private, but you told her about it on a public platform because you knew you were being recorded, which means you didn't want to be private, but now suddenly you want it to be a secret. But it's like you already made it known that it's no longer a secret because you would have never said nothing on, in front of the camera. So do you think Uba set her up just to add some drama to her storyline? I do. I personally do. Because the, how much are we getting from Uba? I, she was she had COVID majority of the fucking seasons. Majority of the fucking seasons she had COVID. So she had to give some Uber hot. Mm. Outside of that and her fucking debacle with fucking Aaron. When they went to Anguilla. With the phone situation. Because that shit dragged on for three episodes. That unnecessarily. Was little, that was a little immature to like... I was just like, okay. But we gonna run with this. But alright. I think it was unnecessary. I think it dragged. I understand her logic because she has family. And they want to check in because she's a single woman. Respectful. Right. But the whole... I understood Aaron. Get all up in her face. That mm. eh, it was a bit egregious. Mm. It was a bit egregious. It was a little over the top. But I understand the principle to show like to teach the lesson. But I just feel like it could have been better communicated. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's just how I feel. And, then because, and because Uba and Aaron are super close, like how Brynn and Cy are... It's like I had a higher expectation to deal with her like you wouldn't deal with Sai or like anybody else. Like you dealt with her like some random bitch on the street and that's supposed to be your closest yeah. friend. Uh, that makes you, And that's what made me question look like, so this is how you treat your closest friend. How do you treat motherfuckers who are not that close to you? You can't be that approachable in real life then. Because that's somebody you say you really care about and that's the closest person you're to and they treat them like shit. Like how do you treat people who are not that close to you? Like Nothing like. So that's what makes me think about that type of shit. Like the way that Sai treated Bryn, I feel like Sai's like that and all together. Where like if you're not close to her, she's cutting off completely and there's no turning back. But it's like if you treat somebody that you clearly could think as your little sister, I can imagine how you treat people who are not that close. Right. Like it qu- makes me question like your interpersonal skills. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then it makes me realize like why you're possibly a loner and like. Mm. Your profession is your profession. Because you're not really a people person. Right, because you don't got to use her mouth, right? That part. Right. And I only say that because I'm an introvert. Like, I'm very limited on my interaction. So I have a job where I don't have to talk. Because I don't really like talking. Okay. Doesn't mean I'm not a people person. But to us, a lot of people, it comes off as very much as I'm standoffish because I'm very observant. And I only speak in atmospheres I'm comfortable in. But that's because I'm an introvert and I could be socially awkward if I'm not comfortable. Mm-hmm. But some people don't realize that. Like, sometimes, like I said, the introverts be the most talkative person if they have the right conversations. Right. Exactly. And a lot of what people talk about is like, I don't give a fuck about this. It's frivolous. I don't give a <laughs> fuck that Kim K. McCamma. I don't care what Kim K. does. I don't give a fuck about that dumb shit. Like, if you're going to talk about it, talk about it in depth. If you're not talking about it in depth, I hate small talk. Small talk grinds my gears, so it makes me itch. So I don't involve myself in it. And people are like, oh, but you got to have, sometimes you have small talk to get in depth. No, because I have people I've had conversations with where we just got in depth and I didn't have to have small talk. I'm a sapiosexual. Small talk doesn't fancy me by any level with friendship, relationships, nothing. It doesn't do anything for me. I need to be challenged. 
right? It's very boring. Very, and I don't even use that word. I don't even like to use that word at all. But it's very. It's mundane. Right. Right. And I'll right. pass. Y'all want to have small talk? Because like how my cousin, she be want to have conversation. I'm like, baby girl, we can never talk. She's like, why? I'm like, because you just like to gossip. You like to talk about people. I like to talk about ideas. We're not the same. <laughs> if I talk about people, I'm talking about people and how they are and how they move and how they interact. You're talking about people just to talk about them, but then you be in a face. We're two different people. Like, we're, oh, not, right. we're not the same. Like, I'm talking about this person because I'm trying to show patterns in their repetitive interactions and emotions. Mm-hmm. You're talking about them because you just want shit on them as if your grass is greener on your side, as if you're any better to be able to, hey, pot, that's kettle. Nice for y'all to meet each other. Like, it's different. I be trying to understand people. You just be trying to shit on people to have some reason to have a one-up to kind of throw like a, a jab. And that's the difference. Child, I don't know. But this, I don't know, this season... <laughs> Bethany, fuck you. That's what that's what Ebony said. Bethany, fuck you. You're not gonna tell the story. And I feel it. And I feel like Andy recasted Roni with a fuck you to Ramona, with a fuck you to Bethany, Luann, and all the rest of them. Like, cause Luann and fucking, what is it? Luann and somebody had the crappy lake spinoff. Nobody gave a fuck about that shit. But I just feel like this was the season where, like they said, they were constantly being compared. But I thought like this was the best season of Real House of New York outside of when Ebony was on. And right. that was the turning point to bring what we got this season. Right. That's, right. Just, that's just how I feel. And if you're Andy, if you're not bringing these bitches back next season, let me know now so I can be able to just say, fuck your whole franchise. I am done. No, he has to bring them back for season two. He has to because it just wouldn't make, I feel like it wouldn't make any sense if he doesn't. He has to. I just want these all of them to go to Harlem. This is what I want. I want Brenda to be able to be more get more acclimated to black culture. I feel like her being around Sai should happen because Sai was talking about the doobies and all of that other shit. So like, I feel like Sai is the perfect person to be around. Okay. Twenty dollar doobies. Her gun. She's straight. She's real Brooklyn. So like, what are we doing? Teach this Indiana girl something. <laughs> Jenna, I want to see you more out of her. I want to see Jenna more out of her show. Okay. Jessel, I want you to really show us more about you outside of Povit and the twins. Because I feel like Jessel has her own story that she's really not conveying to us. Okay. And then when it comes to Aaron, I really want to see you more in your real estate outside of you just being Abe's wife. Because we only got a snippet of that shit. I really want to see what you're doing real estate wise and like what you're constructing as an entrepreneur, as a businesswoman. Okay. And then I need a friend of a friend and somebody who has a little bit more of educational background mm-hmm. and somebody who's a little more New York that's literally in New York, but not living this, I guess you could say, upper echelon lifestyle. Mm. Who's still like trying to get it out the mud and make their way. But like they're renowned and known, but they're like not in the struggle, but like they're not at their pinnacle of what they're trying to have as their life be as a housewife interesting do you have anybody in mind that you think would be like a good fit for that honestly i've been trying to think i'm like looking i'm like hmm who would be somebody good that could do it that's in new york personally who i feel he should have on the show that i feel would be like a great asset is sherry shepherd and i only said that because she's versatile and she literally moved from LA to New York. She has a son who's on this, who's um has special needs. She just got her own show, and she's acclimating to New York and trying to get into the New York lifestyle. 
And Sherry would come in not being problematic. Where's Amarosa from? Oh, God. We already got her in House of Villains, child. <laughs> Do we need any more Amarosa? Is Amarosa from New York, though? I don't think so. But we've had her no. for we had her over a decade. It's time for somebody else to step up. Because <laughs> her on House of Villains is taking me out. Let's see. I don't. I can't. I don't know. I can't. Maybe I will come. Up, I'll think about it later about who could be a great addition for New York. I don't know. I can't think of anybody right now. It's fine. We're not gonna rush it. We're not gonna rush right. it because we're gonna we're gonna be able to come back for a real house on Salt Lake City, and then we'll talk about yeah. it then, and we can have our continuation then because yeah. I just feel like we're gonna have so much to talk about. We're gonna probably have to have a two part for that one. Yeah, that, yeah, that one's going to be really interesting. We're going to have to two-part. But, you know, I'm glad you had this conversation. Yes, I love it. I, I love it, it. It was great. We we're almost at a whole two hour and a half, which is crazy as hell. Thank you for having me. But I appreciate you coming on, Nia. And we got to make sure, you know, the people can find you. Tell them where they can find you, where they can find the music. Because she is about to drop a whole new album. I am, um, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at The Real Nia Rich. No spaces. Everything is spelled correctly. <laughs> um, and you can find my music on every music platform. I'll even SoundCloud everywhere. Um, just type in Nia Rich. I should pop up. Um, yeah. And I'm going to be back. I ain't Period. Going and that's on the Virgo vibes. And there's the Virgos groove. So as I say on air, let's keep it real and always remember be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. Yes. We will catch you guys on the next one. Thank you.